0: Presented by the Hockey Shop, source for sports, Langley, thehockeyshop.com. We are looking forward to our feature interview with Hunter Shepard, a beautiful, beautiful debut in the National Hockey League this year, coming off a wonderful season last year. And it's a feature interview brought to you by Sensorina, Sensorina VR, NHL Sensorina, as we bring in the co-founders of In Goal Magazine. It's the In Goal Radio podcast with David Hutchison and Kevin Woodley. You guys done all your shopping or you're still booking out those gift subscriptions to people on your list. That's probably about the easiest thing I can do right now. I've never been
1: much of a shopper. I love shopping online, Darren. And I think uh if you're looking for a goalie, maybe head over to ingolmag.com cuz you can order a gift subscription. It's less than 50 bucks in my money. It's less than a cup of coffee in Darren's money. That's American dollars that is cuz it's $50 Canadian. And uh, when you order it, you can send a great little message on to whoever you're giving the gift to. Once you've had it processed, we give you the option to download a gift certificate that you can uh, print out and put under the tree or in the stocking or whatever. You would be giving your very favorite goalie the best instruction you can for the year to come for less than 50 bucks. They get to sit down with NHL goaltenders and learn how they read the game, they can get tips from NHL coaches. They will learn from the best. On Christmas morning, for a year to come, including three years of our archives, you're basically getting four years of in goal for the price of one. It's a goalie coach. Yeah, best best bargain, best bargain in goaltending. I really believe it. Most powerful tool, I think. I really believe it. Uh, head over there. It look and if you've already got a gift subscription, if you're in the minority of people that finds listening to Kevin Woodley perhaps a little bit too much. You can also get a premium podcast subscription and get straight to the feature interviews. There's over 250 of them sitting in the can there. You could just binge on feature interviews. But I know you're the minority. I know most people look forward to listening to you every week, Kevin.
2: I know I'm annoying. I know I ramble on, but I will give you this. This is something you're going to want to listen to, folks. If you haven't jumped on an InGoal subscription, If you've listened to us all these years talk about all the different things that are available, we've got some examples, some free samples, so to speak. We've unlocked a handful of articles and we'll be sharing those on our social media channels over the next couple of days just to remind people, including three and a half minutes of Thatcher Demko walking through video of when, why, where and how to use the reverse or reverse VH. Um, Just one example among several hundred that will be a part of your annual subscription, as Hutch mentioned, both the year moving forward and our archives. We're going to unlock that. It'll be on our YouTube. Uh, check out Instagram. I guess we can't call it Twitter anymore. X, uh, Threads. Where else are we, Hutch? We don't have a TikTok because we're too old for that and nobody wants to see me dance. But everywhere else, we'll unlock that Thatcher Demko reverse VH, sort of the, the, the how, why, when, and where to use it. Um, And I think it's just one of several great examples of the type of content we bring to you that nobody else does. And just one more reason why that $50 Canadian a year subscription, whether it's for yourself or gifted to somebody else, uh, is, as Hutch said, the best deal in goaltending. Because I'm going to backpad here a little bit. We're the best resource in goaltending.
0: You know those hours after the presents get opened and there's that lull uh, during Christmas Day? This would be the ultimate for your goaltender. Like that keeps them occupied. Or if you, as a goaltender, want to gift it to yourself, it just, it's such a resource. And you go down that rabbit hole and you may not come out until New Year's Day, 2024. Yeah. We'll keep you. We will, there is, I actually bet you
2: there is enough content that if you were to open a gift subscription and want to pour through everything in the archives, it would take you to the new year to get through it all. That's how much content we have. It's all NHL goalies. Over NHL 800 goalie articles, coaches. Woody. Yeah, there you go. That's a lot. And, and like I said, it's not just articles, folks. I know we call ourselves in Goal Magazine. Uh, we really do bring, that's one of the reasons we went digital is because that ability to bring video to it and have NHL video with NHL goalies and goalie coaches walking us through the drills they do on a daily basis and sharing the tips with you so you can bring them into your game. Try them. Add them as a tool. Tools in the toolbox, as we like to say. We like
0: to bring as many of those to our audience as we can. The Brian's Optic 3 Chesty coming up in our gear segment with Cam and Woody over at The Hockey Shop, thehockeyshop.com. Uh, I am sending out a, uh, a gift idea to Dallas, Vegas, Toronto, Carolina, LA, and Seattle, Detroit. Th- that's the list of teams right now dealing with goaltending injuries. It's a wild middle-of-the-season stretch for the Netminers. Do we have any
2: theories? I mean, we know the game has never been harder for goalies, although Billy Ranford in a couple, of, couple episodes ago sort of questioned that, at least from the standpoint of his generation having to actually feel pucks through the equipment, and guys don't feel anything anymore for the most part, but man, the East-West, the back-and-forth, having to push hard yeah. in one direction, stop and go the other way, how much that pulls your body apart. Like, is that all we're seeing here? Or is there more to it?
0: I think it's pretty basic in the, the stress that the body is going on between quads and groins and hips and knees. Uh, there's, there's a, I, I would focus on that, but uh, I'm, I'm maybe not as connected as you guys are on this.
2: I, have, I do have questions, and I've heard these questions from some goalie coaches around the league. It's been a topic of discussion for a couple of years now. And you know, there are some questions about, about how stiff some of the skates are how much your foot is locked into it. And unless you sort of leave the top laces undone, how little give there is even right through the bottom of the ankle. Um, And does that add pressure up the chain? Does that create more tension, you know, into the high ankle? We're seeing a high ankle sprain with Joseph Wall the other day after missing his post, up to the knees, into the hips. Um, That's a question that I know goalie, coaches, goalie directors around the league are at least starting to ask a little more regularly. I think for the most part, Darren, you're right. Like it's the East-West dynamic offense that we're seeing. But within that, you might need a little more give, right? You might need a little more sort of mobility at the base of your foot or or, or around the bottom of your ankle in order to survive the extreme lateral plays that the game now demands of goaltenders. So I'm not sure, you know, there's nothing scientific there. Nobody's done a study. You can't say for sure. Um, but it, it's at least a trend that some people are keeping an eye on in terms of just how locked in. And goalies love it, right? They'll change their sharpening. They won't need as much as deep an edge because they feel so connected to the the blade because these skates fit them so well and their heels are sucked in so well to the back. They, sometimes they're hard to get off. They're so good. Um, but again, if you don't have any give, that's got all that energy's got to go somewhere. And there's at least some people out there questioning whether that's a part of some, not all, but some of these injuries.
1: Yeah, and don't uh, don't just look at it as a game thing, folks. Like, it's not, yes, the game is more difficult than it's ever been, and the East-West is there, as, as the guys have said, but, but don't forget there's a practice element as well, right? You're putting time in in practice. Those practices are more dynamic than they've ever been. Uh, we know that a lot of organizations move towards maybe shorter but higher intensity practices because they want to give the guys a little bit more rest, but that probably makes it a little bit Tougher on the goaltenders as well, and then when you're a pro, you're trying to fit in the off ice work that you can around crazy travel schedules. uh but You know the the game is incredibly demanding now, and and uh, and I guess we're seeing some of that come come home for some of these guys. It's it's unfortunate, but it's going to open the door for other guys.
2: You know what that means? I think we just like did our sense arena read early. They need to need to channel a little Joey Decor, Devin Levi, yeah. and, and and get your reps in virtually. Uh, I don't know if you guys caught it. Obviously, I had an article at NHL.com. We talked about last week with Joey Decor talking about using Sense Arena in between periods and the intermission to sort of dial in his glove hand. Uh, obviously, with the Winter Classic coming up, Darren, your Vegas Golden Knights coming up to Seattle, the my neck of the woods in in just a week or so for the Winter Classic. There's the road to the Winter Classic behind the scenes footage uh, that shot for the TV show they create leading up to it, and some great clips of Joey DeCord using the Sense Arena VR you know, in the hallway outside a locker room before a game to get ready to play. I thought that was really cool to see. And just once again, reinforcing, you know, what we've been saying for years, Uh, the new NHL Sense Arena may have allowed you as a beer league or up and coming young goalie to walk into these virtual locker rooms and onto NHL ice sheets and see what it's like. But the truth is this product's been in NHL locker rooms for years already. And there's a reason it's legit.
0: Hey, we support NHL Sensorina. We love the product. We use the product. But uh, there's a reality that uh, if you're a young goaltender and uh, you have access to this, there's a bit of intimidation about taking that to the rink, around your teammates, around your coaches. Big time. What what the currency of watching Joey Decord on the Road to the Winter Classic offers up uh, our goaltending community is extensive. I, I don't think there's a dollar amount that you could put on uh, the marketing or just the acceptance uh, of being able to uh, adapt that to, into your regular routine in and around the rink because being able to fall back on, I saw Joey Decord on on the National Hockey League doing the same thing on Road of the Winter Classic. He does it. Why wouldn't I take advantage of that? And coaches and players all of a sudden will, will be uh, much more open to it
1: normalizing it right I think that's a huge point even even today in the game even if you don't have uh the sensorina headset on there are guys as you move up the ladder in hockey that will be giving you a hard time because you're doing that extra warm up because you're doing that extra cool down because you're doing the ball work but know that if you're part of the in goal community you've got a huge group of supportive goaltenders and coaches who believe that what you're doing is the right things to get out there and do the work don't be afraid to use the sensorina headset and if you do, you're probably giving other goalies around you permission to give it a go, too. So you're being a leader yeah. like Joey Decord.
2: Now, at the beer league level, be prepared for chirps galore because they don't well, it's like awesome. us. Tri- fun of beer league. That's right. They don't like us try hearts. I'm, I'm going to bring it out to mine not to get warmed up. But after my team gives up another night of countless three on O's, I'm just going to actually put them in the headset in the locker room after and tell them, see, if, see how you do, boys.
0: I uh, I had fun with uh, with my beer leg. I uh, I was doing it and they were looking at me, but I wasn't really doing it. I was just pretending to do it. And they're like, "What are you doing?" I'm like, "Hey, give it a shot, try it out." And I had uh, other pictures taped into the goggles when uh, <laughs> they looked at it, and th- they thought that was pretty funny. <laughs> uh, it was just my way to 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 have a, a little bit of a joke uh, with them and and have some fun. But uh, I d- I do think that there there's an opportunity here, and if you ever ever been uh, on the receiving end of a little pushback by anybody, use us as an outlet, send us a note, send us uh, your experience and we'd love to talk you through it and, and help you out in any way that we can and, and be your mentor. Uh, Hutch is, uh, I got a son that's in, in, in the major junior level. Uh, He can certainly um, uh, lean on a little Hutch and, and what goes through that. There's uh, Woody with the, the National Hockey League, the professional uh, uh, angles that uh, that he can reach out to. So we, we are a resource to you. And it's a perfect time of the year uh, to to offer that up. Uh, and maybe we can align the sights a little bit on the goaltenders. We've had a number of guys go for goals lately. And some that maybe you don't fully expect to be going for it. But, uh, but we've watched five guys in the last week take shots at the net. And we haven't had a goal.
1: Did we just have what he say? I'm surprised we haven't had more. Yes, right? just I, just I, last I, week I think it was what he was saying. Oh, know, I've we, been predicting for years, and then, then we get a text on the Ingol group chat from Darren saying, "Oh, there have now been three guys." Two minutes later, I text back, "Nope, now we're up to four. Guys are trying. Another one the other night. What a great yeah. week!
2: Lucas Dostell
0: did not miss by much. Man, that was close. Outside of the post, basically, I can't believe, and this is. This is my uh, observation of it, uh, because I remember Hexy doing it on, on rims, grabbing it, and he's behind the goal line, and he's, and he's going for. But but dumpins players are able to, the goaltenders, are able to get it from glove to ice to up and over with somebody right in front of them. It's amazing how aggressive uh, our friends in the crease are at going for these goals.
2: And sometimes you have to be, I, you know what it reminds me of? Remi- like, again, I was, I was so lucky to get to watch Linus Allmark score here in Vancouver. Like that was such a thrill and doing the post game interviews after like one of the things he said, like he didn't know he'd got like for a second there, he wasn't sure he'd, because he was, he chucked that over top of fast approaching four checkers. Yes. And he wasn't sure he got it over them. And if he hadn't, there was a yawning cage, for them to to knock it into. And he wasn't sure for a split second there, whether his attempt had cleared them. I mean, it landed at the far hash mark practically, certainly inside the top of the circle. Um, but that, that sort of the bravery to know you can get it up and
0: over that first wave is uh, that's, that's impressive stuff. I would be afraid to bounce it in off the shin pads or the body uh, and just have it go in. For, I'd go full forget, Bob giving, Forget giving it, uh, bouncing it off, or giving up the puck and causing a turnover. I think I'd just bank it off them and in, and I'd be such a uh, shame person sitting there. But they, it, they don't hesitate. They go right up and over, or try and slide it away. Ned, Ned tried to go. Oh, again he's the other day. One. He's getting one. It's coming. It's so good. And no, he he did it with a one goal lead. And it was uh, it was interesting. They show Sullivan on the bench, and I think there's certain coaches that are cer- uh, much more open to it. Uh, I didn't see any Sully ire coming of out of. Yeah, I didn't see any ire out of that. Uh, and and is that any difference different than a player going for it and and causing an icing? I, I don't think so. Now, if if you're if you're a good puck handler, uh, coaches will give you a little bit more rope to go for it. Maybe maybe Jari Scorn
2: did it. But I know they, I know in Pittsburgh, they'd asked him to, to try less for a little while. And that's really, one the, that's one of the reasons that Jari maybe didn't have one sooner. I was told that they had by, by another goalie that was in that organization that they'd backed them off. So I'm not, because you're right, Darren, especially with Ned and the way he chucks it and Tristan. Um, but the difference is when a defenseman goes for it and misses, the goalie isn't out of the net as he does it like a goalie is. So if he misses or doesn't clear that four check and they knock it into the empty net in a one goal a game. Yeah, I think you'd see some tops blowing at that point, especially for a team that's scuffling a little bit. So, yeah, like I I, it's actually one of the reasons I don't think we've seen as many yet is because there are some that are have the instructions are a little stricter. Let's put it that way.
1: Yeah. Well, hey, it's not easy to find that practice time. I think as a goaltender, you've got to be ridiculously determined to take every opportunity you can to shoot those hundreds and hundreds of pucks it takes to be able to get that elevation, because it's not just. I need to get it to the other end of the ice. It's not even I need to get it in the air to the other end of the ice. You got to get it up and over yeah. everyone. I mean, Quickly. yeah, huge. So are you doing the one knee down technique to rip that thing up high real quick? I don't know what it is, but you've got to practice. It's 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 hundreds. You can't hope that puck into the other zone.
0: Can you guys do the one knee down? If I try it, i am got two knees down and I'm sliding back after I give the puck away.
1: I can do one ben. knee down. I just can't get back up. <laughs>
0: The one knee down is, is really impressive the way they can get some zip on it and some height on it.
1: Yeah, and I would like, argue it's not just a skill for scoring, right? It's a skill that you can use for for clearing the zone on a penalty yeah. kill, which is a fun thing to pull off Totally.
2: Too. Yeah, I'm lucky if I get it past the blue line. So be, There's no fear of Kevin ever hitting an empty net, that's for sure. My team cringes when I go out to handle it. They yell sweep, hurry hard, when <laughs> I handle
0: the puck. <laughs> I can relate, my friend, I can relate. Some guys don't even have to play the curl anymore. The spin they they loft it so so far down the ice. I'm fully borrowing four feet of ice as that thing slides back towards the, the middle of the ice, uh, middle of the net. When I handle the puck, it, it's not it's not so much goaltending as it is shuffleboard. <laughs> i think we'd expect
1: somebody from brandon manitoba to be a solid curler though wouldn't we
0: i can i can i can throw a rock i love i love my curling we got a, a rink starting up here at curling club in vegas and i cannot wait for that to get off uh, uh off the ground uh, the brian's optic three chesty over at the hockey shop uh the com source for sports langley and things are busy over there woody yeah
2: incredibly so um you know we've, we've got a few more on the hop we got brian's optic three this week. And we'll check in with Cam on the details there. we got Brian's Optic 3 matching pants, which also have that sort of that, that just high quality, rich feel that you've come to expect from the folks at Brian Custom Sports. Those will be our, our, our segment next week. CCM All Out. You can now order. You've seen. You're going to see the gear sets. We're starting to see them already for the world, upcoming World Junior Championships. All the custom looks. Uh, you've seen our in-goal custom set. That's now open to the public, so you can reach out to Cam. We got a segment on that and how to go through that process. But if you got any questions, you can check them out. Um, there's new gear coming in. We saw the agent stick from Bauer in recently. Just there's a ton of new gear still coming in, which is normally rare for around Christmas. Um, obviously, Brian's too uh, with the new iconic, iconic, iconic set. Um, Hutch is shaking his head because he asked that the. Hey, that's suck the best on, part. Uh, like, we're just you, making you do miserable. the echo.
0: You do the whisper, and Hutch just shakes his head every single time. Sorry, He Hutch. shakes his head. It's it's like the there. You go iconic, iconic, and and the the third echo is Hutch shaking his head.
2: Okay, so <laughs> you're not wrong. Iconic is there. Iconic is there. <laughs> there are also sales. We talked last week. Yeah, the new Warrior Ritual F two mask, but the F one's on sale for seven hundred bucks. So. Um, it is a busy time of year, last minute Christmas shopping. We talked about a great gift being, uh, the paddle wedge Trinity underglove. They sold out of that. They brought more in already. It is buzzing over there. If you've got a goalie on your wish list, and you can drop by in person, uh, make sure you check them out before Christmas. If it's too late for that, you want to buy yourself something for the new year, or you're just looking for sale items. They've got plenty of those on right now. Make sure you check them out at the And before we go to cam on the Brian's. Optic 3. I do have to say a little
1: something about Iconic.
2: Cam is now referring to himself as Iconic.
1: I think that was actually somebody who watches the gear segment who left it as a comment. So, let's not give Cam the credit.
2: I think his wife may have referred to him as Iconic at the hockey shop Christmas party.
0: So, it wasn't like misusing the word ironic?
2: Cam is living that iconic lifestyle now. He may not, I don't know if he's wearing the gear, but he's very much put himself. So we're going to have to stick a pin in that balloon and see if we can bring that head down a few sizes just so we can fit it into the many masks they have on sale right now at the hockey shop. But for now, it was small enough when I saw him that we could get it into the chest protector. It would fit through the little hole at the top of the Brian's Optic 3. Let's get all the details on that from Cam at the hockey shop. Welcome back to the Hockey Shop Source Sports down here in Goalie Utopia. I am Kevin. I am Cam. You are huge. I, I know. You, when did you guys start selling like armor? I feel like I could be a knight, like around the round table jousting.
3: This thing it's- We have always sold chest arm. That said, the new Brian's Optic Three chest and arm unit. It's huge Tag. Huge protective coverage. If you never want to feel
2: another puck again this may be the model for you. Well you know you are going to feel the puck
3: it's just you're not going to get bruised for the most part. I think it might require some break-in just to feel the puck. So now well we'll dive right into it here so like with as being an avid Brian's Chest user myself previously and anyone that has been fans of Brian's Chest before would know that they do take a little bit of a break-in period so optic three, obviously replacing Optic 2. Optic 2, very popular, depends on our wall, and even at the NHL level, and other pro leagues all combined. Knowing this, they continued off of that play, and have created an NHL legal... I actually don't believe that, but... NHL legal chest. Amazing. But... Some of these who are familiar with that Optic too, or familiar with previous Brian's chest, again, know before that they do take a little bit of time to be able to get that little bit more soft, a little bit more mobile. It will come, and it's going to pay off with a very long-lasting protective chest unit, but you got to get over that kind of hump before you can get there. So, as you can see with Kevin, very wide arm, elbow floaters, nice overall presence, very squared off where it can be. Um, Kevin is sitting down, so it is popping it Hold on, let's check with the producer. Do I dare stand up? Can I stand up? We're breaking the third wall here. Hold on, stand by. We don't want anyone to...
2: I can stand up, maybe, and there. So it's not, folks, it is not just when I'm sitting down we see goalies go turtle shell when they're on the bench.
3: This thing presents that big. We'll get Kevin to turn to the side here because now we can show some of the adjustability of the chest itself. So this is kind of cool. The padding. As part of the strapping. Correct. Solid so, block. your belly strap. strap. Listen to that! Integrated into the actual chest unit itself. So, not worried about buckles being snapped off, which is a common issue with chests. Velcro adjustment held on by nylon in the back itself. So, we have a solid anchor point. No more elasticity with this one. This creates better connectivity to the unit itself and no overall unneeded flux. So, turn around there, RoboCop. So. You can see from the back, we have our segmented shoulder floater adjustment as well as body adjustment.
2: Uh, What? I thought you said this was NHL
3: legal. There are some differences between this and the NHL unit. We
2: might have to have a word with the NHL because I've actually seen these Velcro straps and they're not supposed to
3: be legal. Anyway, back to retail here. So shoulder floaters, adjustable, held on by Velcro in the back. Overall body height of the unit, again, adjustable here. Arms. We have a laced in, but also elastic design here that creates more flexibility in the arm, allowing for arm mobility right off of the bat. That said, you still actually can move the unit for, again, the overall size of the arms itself. So even though it is on the bulkier side of things, there is some good flexibility here. This also allows for some macro adjustment too if the arms are slightly too long. In theory, they could be sewn up or pinned up a little bit higher if need be. So, Brian's Optic 3 Made in Canada unit as well, so you get that handcrafted. That's cool. Like what is Kevin that? is a big fan of that side adjustment. Big fan of the unit, quite a large unit, can be ordered custom too as well. Unfortunately, Brian's wait times are a little bit on the higher side of things, but if you are looking for a chest unit, different colors wanted to mod a couple things that is something that is available and you can talk to me about it at 604-589-8299 or 1-800-567-7790. Check us out at thehockeyshop.com where you will find this unit up online.
4: Wow, good job, Cam. Tag!
0: Did you make sure that Cam got back to his trailer okay? And that the security guard was <laughs> positioned outside uh, his his location before his next uh, appearance. I
2: was going to be honest with you. I was getting a little nervous about sending him back to the trailer because I wasn't sure if they'd removed all the red M&Ms. And, you know, as a goalie, we don't like the red light cam evidently as part of his rider for his trailer before he does his appearances as as the icon that he is. The iconic cam Matt with does not like red m So I wasn't sure we'd had that sorted out in the back room. And I was nervous about sending him back to the trailer.
0: The Brian's Optic 3 would be good for him if he was looking for personal protection. You might be able to get by without a, a security personnel.
2: Yeah, it's uh as he said in the review, it's very protective. It it presents very big. It's a it's a beautiful unit. There's no question. But when you buy it, you have to understand this thing is not going to be super flexible and mobile out of the box. That's not a problem. Like break in is a part of equipment. This one just might take a little longer to sort of get soft and flexible for you. But man, the performance coverage and sort of protection benefits are hard to argue. It's And and it's attractive. It's beautiful stock. But of course, because they are Brian's, you can get custom, you can have custom elements added to it. Everything Brian's does is available in custom. And if you got any questions about that and some of the options that are available to you, if you want to do a custom order, make sure
0: you check out Cam and his crew and ask them at thehockeyshop.com. Here's a preference question, and I'm curious. I want Hutch to answer it first. When it comes to upper body and chesties, do you think you would play better with full movement? Or given that you played in an era where you could feel pucks, would you automatically play better with a super beefed up, like the the Brian's Optic 3 chesty, where you're so confident, you know you're not going to get dinged at all? Because those... Those both are very influential on in confidence, but they're very different, uh, approaches.
1: Which age Hutch are you asking
0: <laughs> <laughs> this age?
1: Hutch. Well, well then, then I don't need to move cause I can't. So give me something really <laughs> big and I'll just block it. I actually mean that quite seriously. Like there's only so much athleticism left in the old body. So, uh, I don't know that that matters. I, I would want something that's a compromise and, uh, the, the level of protection. I can't believe
0: you just took it right down the middle when I gave you two options. Well, I always do.
1: I always do. You know, I sit on the fence. That's, that's what I do.
0: Good balance. But
1: seriously, if you think about what we had back in the day, I remember going into that first brown chest protector from those terrible quilted arms I had. I mean, it was such an incredible difference between those two things that I think I could be happy in just about anything today and take that mobility that comes with maybe a little bit less protection. So... Uh, I guess in an ideal world, I don't need it to be as, 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 as great as it is, but, uh, for sure, confidence is such a major part of the game, isn't it? Like, I think, yeah. I think finding a way to invest in some good equipment, whether you're, you're getting last year's model, if, if things are tight or you're getting something that's a hand-me-down, but it's a higher end piece, uh, getting that confidence will help you become a better goaltender. It's, there's nothing really that can replace it.
0: And I Look, don't think- I, I get I get to wear some of the best in the business uh, Mm -hmm. through my uh, association with you guys and uh, with with Vegas and facing the best shots in the business. And you still get stung every now and then and just not not having to worry about that, I think, would be such a benefit.
1: Yeah, I've ever faced those shots.
0: (laughs) Well, well, the other thing, too, is don't forget,
2: like, like we got to be careful here because this will break in. And it will have that mobility. Mm-hmm. It's just not going to be right. I'm I like, I'm like, I'm saying I'm saying I like it. Chesties. I yeah. like the extra, the extra beef layer. Yeah, I'm I'm yeah. I'm with you on that. No, I'm I'm old. I, I I didn't start the position till 35 when you know the Reebok Premier was available. And when you so were already old, I was already old. And the idea of like to me, the idea of tolerating bruises and and pain for a little extra mobility just never made sense because I didn't have to. Like when I started there, so that wasn't part of what I grew up with. So um, I've never sort of understood that mentality. Maybe it's cause like catch said, I, you know, the reactions have never been there for me and I couldn't catch a cold, but, um, give me, give me protection every day of the week. And I trust that the rest will break in with time.
0: You also call Elvis Merzlikens because he can provide some extra protection. He was getting it. We've got back to back, weeks where goalies are getting into it with yeah. Piotr yeah, that and was, Elvis. That was a. Yeah. Piotr. You're right. I forgot about that. We've got goalies shaking it up.
1: I actually think it could end up being a little bit like your prediction about goalie goals. Woody, I think you might see more and more of it. And we have to remain level-headed and we have to stay out of things uh, to the best we can so that we remain focused on the game. But uh, as Woody likes to remind us, there is more and more crease crashing all the time and guys are going to start protecting themselves. So I, I am not advising kids to go out there and mix it up by any stretch. I, I I don't even like the guys that I coach struggling with the guys in front of the net, you know, giving a little hammer on the back, that sort of thing. I think your prime responsibility is to stop the puck. But uh, I do think that we're going to see more of this because uh, it's a more and more dangerous position. Look, I'm not saying that what happened uh, with Elvis was necessarily all that dangerous and necessarily something he needed to get involved in. But I think we're going to see more of it.
0: Well, I mean, it can, you is that fine Hatch, uh, can you imagine Hutch? Can you imagine Hutch coaching you and I, Woody? He? he wouldn't last five minutes. He'd quit. You know? What I mean? Oh, he so, so, totally so much snap, fun. He has so much fun. Totally so much fun. I can work with a guy. You out? I'm putting the other idiot in. I'm taking the idiot out and putting the other idiot. in. It,
1: it'd be awesome. <laughs> I can work with anybody <laughs> who plays anyway. It's just good fun.
0: It'd be like he'd be like Mike Keenan out there. Get out!
1: get, get back in.
2: Go.
0: That get is in. so not in, pull me. Pull in. Yeah. No, no, because because we're so. Uh, goofy uh, with the way we get involved in extracurriculars, you would not be able to be able to reason with us. I
1: would just say, this is what I think you should do, but look, <laughs> it's up to you, and then the head coach will decide if you're stopping enough bucks, so you do what you want to do. Hey.
0: Woody would drop a iconic,
1: iconic.
2: <laughs> then you'd walk away. Yeah, I'm iconic. Walk away. Um, <laughs> listen, it is a fine line, right? Like we saw with Jeremy Swayman in the playoffs last year, right? Like got a yeah. little too involved. And the winning goal goes in as as he's you know late recovering from giving a guy that's been bugging bugging him in front of the net, probably Kachuk, if I remember correctly, a little tap. And that split second costs him a goal, right? And he talked about it after. And you know, I think in Elvis's case, he said afterwards, and I haven't seen the footage to see whether this is true, but he felt that uh early in the game, Wilson slew footed him as he went through the crease. And and that kind of goes to the point that Hutch made, right? Like, you know, I I kind of blew my top last week talking about it. Like, I'm still <laughs> year old beer league man stop crashing the goalie like if you can't score you can't score that doesn't mean it's like oh we got to run this guy to get the puck in the net good lord I'm bad enough you should be able to score without knocking me over and I think at the NHL level the amount of contact that has been allowed the way the video review has led to uh anything outside of the crease can be deemed incidental now I just think the pendulum swung too far the wrong way and much like players taking it into their own hands on the hits from behind and getting retribution because they don't feel the league is doing enough, I'm with Hutch. I think we're going to see more and more of this as goalies get fed up with guys coming through the blue paint, bumping them, making contact, and at times making plays that may not feel dangerous, but in our equipment, it really is.
1: Hey, weren't hey, we just talking about goalies getting injured? I mean, I know it's yeah. not the same thing, what's been happening, but
0: Adds people to the are conscious of it, right? Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. You watch a lot of practices, American League, NHL level. Uh, Woody, do you ever see guys intentionally practice without a stick or do drills without a stick? More and more guys are are coming across and they're they're throwing their stick to get their their bodies across. And they there's a a couple of guys in particular. Uh, Bob is one of them uh, that that will let go of the stick, and they end up playing for a legitimate amount of time without a twig. Does anybody ever practice that? That's a good question. I don't think I've ever seen anyone
2: practice. I've seen like what Bob does
0: on a two-on-one
2: to his blocker side, knowing that he wants to free up the blocker hand. He doesn't just drop the stick. He puts it in a specific place on the ice as he comes across so that if the pass goes back the other way, it has a chance of hitting the stick. Like they practice that for sure. They used to practice it back in the Columbus days. and you know, I've watched Ian Clark work with Thatcher Demko. There are certain moments where, you know, to prioritize a blocker hand not being encumbered uh, or or sort of restricted by having the stick in it, drop it in certain moments. But uh, you're right, I've never seen or very rarely do I think I've seen them play out those sequences uh, for extended periods without the stick. That's, a, that's an interesting point.
0: It's so uncomfortable and it's weird, but it happens more often than I think people realize. Didn't Patera just give up a goal the other night where he's sort of trying to reach back to get it as he lost well, it? Well, that's what made me think about it is the defenseman went and grabbed the stick and went to hand it back to him. That was a five on three. And you don't know how long you're going to be without a stick and a five on three. So I, I actually did like the idea of the defenseman because it was close enough to be able to try and grab it. But then you're trying to watch the the play. You're trying to reach the stick, and and uh, it it gets a little clunky, uh, or could be. But I liked it. But if you practice it all the time, maybe the defense doesn't feel the need to try and retrieve that stick.
1: I think that's an excellent point. You see, even even at high levels of junior hockey, teams not knowing really what to do there, um, yeah, d- different players making it up as they go and. I know my son's team, they have actually sort of a priority list for how they They check down through some of the stuff. Yeah, they do. But so it does happen. So I'm not not suggesting everybody does. But I think your point, Darren, of actually practicing it for everybody else is probably a good thing to show them what the goalie can do. That said, uh, I definitely know of some coaches who don't want to do drills without a stick because they're afraid of a goaltender making that instinctive move to go and catch a puck. Uh, with the blocker hand, if it's not got a stick in it, and then of course that's a huge injury risk. Hmm. Now, Let's if you don't out. practice it, being aware that that is is a risk, maybe you are increasing the risk when game time comes. But uh, yeah, I like the idea not only for the players knowing what their responsibilities are in that situation, but just for seeing how many pucks uh, can be saved without a stick. Hmm. I, I actually had Matty ask me the question last night. We were watching some hockey, and he said he's amazed how many goalies when they lose a stick actually put their blocker hand in the five hole. I don't think I've seen that, but that was something that occurred to him. It just, he was watching it and I think it was a goldmouth scramble kind of thing. And instinctively, this guy's wanted to cover up the five hole, which of course doesn't make a whole lot of sense because we have our pads when we go down the butterfly. But yeah, I don't know if you guys have seen that or not.
0: I I never thought of that either, but I can understand the the rationale. But there's also... The, the, there should be a seal there in a, with, with, your, with your pads.
1: Yeah. But, and, but then I guess without practicing it, you just sort of go to this no, no, no. reactive, yeah. I don't know what I'm doing. I'm just going to make the best of it kind of thing. So.
2: I go to that. I don't or,
0: know what I'm doing quite
2: often, to be honest with you.
0: <laughs>
2: just an organic <laughs> conversation. Practice. I, I, What's I practice? Saw it and I,
0: I don't know whether I've ever watched anybody consciously, uh, proactively practice without a stick. Even though it's, it's one of the most uh, like naked feelings that you can have out there when you're losing stick. Does that help you feel a, a little bit more comfortable uh, through that? Uh, I would, I don't have the shaft of the stick without, if I would lose my stick and that's like my go-to safe <laughs> <Yes>. selection <laughs> yes. is, is that thing up there. Uh, How better, am I supposed uh, to do uh, a diving
2: poke check? without a <laughs> stick. <Exactly.
0: family>. <laughs> <laughs> NHL Sensorena presents our feature interview uh, this week, uh, chatting with Hunter Shepard, the Washington Capitals organization, Calder cup uh, champion and uh, made his National Hockey League debut. Uh, looking forward to that discussion as NHL Sensorena continues to make strides. Hutch. Yeah, they do.
1: I don't know that we need to say a whole lot here because Woody gave us a great breakdown of Sensorina and why it's so good for your game and how it can be good for your game. I'll just say this. If you are looking for that last minute christmas gift it says we're recording this it's the friday the 22nd of december and you're thinking to yourself i can't get sensorina for my son or daughter or my husband or wife because it's so late not quite not quite you could head to the uh, the local electronics store and grab yourself the headset right now and then go and download sensorina for them and we'll be good to go so that can be done. If you already have a headset, then it's really easy. Head over to Um, You can even just get the seven day trial and then worry about it after that. There's lots of options for you to let uh, your loved ones face NHL shooters, get more reps in a safer um, environment that is a little bit easier on the body and much more controlled environment with shooters who can shoot and hit the mark every single time. Head over to Sensarena.com. Grab the incredible deal they've got on right now. I think it's like 50% off if you go for the full annual deal. And if you use the code IGM50, you'll save even more.
0: Darren? Does that not sound attractive? Yeah.
2: Last and minute cool. shopping, check. Half off, check. My kid's going to yeah. be a better goalie and he'll have something to do. It's almost, it's almost as good as an meg subscription. Check. Buy them both. And you're cool, Jack. Yeah, just like Joey
0: Decord. Yeah. That's the only way that I could be cool. Why is Hutch buried his head in his hands? I'm tired of listening to us ramble. No, no, you guys
1: give me great ideas, and I'm just adding to the list of things I should probably not be doing right now because I should be out Christmas shopping. But uh,
0: You're, You're all of those things, including cool. Cool dad. You're our cool dad, Hutch. You may be the first person who's... Called me cool
1: without the word not in front of it.
0: <laughs> what about uh, Hunter Shepard? Um, first of all, I love his mane. Uh, he has is, he is just got a wonderful head of hair.
2: As the kids say, he's got some good salad. Um, <laughs> he's also, he's a cool customer. He's pretty laid back. And, and I just loved, I loved his approach. I love the conversation. Um, you know, he talks about the nerves of that first NHL game. Uh, And all the extras that come with it, people reaching out, congratulating, all meaning well. Um, But just how much that adds to it, Uh, how much better he was in his second game without that. Talks about a path that is at times winding and didn't always look like it was pointed towards playing in the National Hockey League. So um, he has had to prove it at every level. And as he tells us in this interview, when you're a professional goalie, you got to prove it every day. Um, But the way he proves it, some of the guys that he modeled this game after early, including Henrik Lundqvist, and how he applies that in the crease positionally, even to this day. And some of the coaches along the way that didn't want him to do it that way. It's a fascinating conversation loaded with great insights that I think, you know, I think goalies at every level, every age, goalie coaches, goalie parents, there's going to be something in this interview that you will take away from it uh, that may help you whether it's now or down the road. So really enjoyed this time. Can't thank. The Hershey Bears enough for facilitating it, giving us a full half an hour plus with Hunter Shepard. I really enjoyed it. And I hope our audience does too.
0: Hunter Shepard, the sensorina, NHL sensorina feature interview on InGoal Radio, the podcast. Really excited to
2: welcome to the In Cold Radio podcast. First time guest, although some of his coaches in the Washington Capitals organization have been telling me I need to get this guy on for a while. Hunter Shepard, thanks for joining us today. Yeah, no problem. I feel like there's a whole bunch of places I want to go with this, but let's start with most recent. Let's start with this year. You're coming off a Calder Cup championship, Calder Cup MVP last year. You get your first opportunity up with Washington to play in the National Hockey League, What's that moment like? What's that day like? What's that preparation like as a goalie when you that NHL dream is right in front of you?
4: It's uh, it's weird just for the fact like uh, like you don't feel super comfortable when you know like you make like it's all the extra stuff that's going on. You know, like us, like, oh, just, uh, yeah. Well, just yeah, just every, just everything you know, the extra stuff like especially the day before the game and like the couple days leading up to the game and because i don't i don't like the extra stuff you know i just like to do it in my routine and i like to because you know, i'm comfortable with that so it's like not that it needs to be perfect because i think that's like the worst thing you can do as a goalie is like have like a ton of superstitions and then i feel like there's one thing you can't do on during, during your game day that that it bothers you so like i just you know like to keep it simple and just keep to myself and pretty tough to do in that situation you know <laughs> like is uh, it is it <laughs>
2: mostly all the questions come, like, I mean, because it's your first start and obviously they'd given people heads up. It was just the questions from us. Is that the extra no, stuff? That-
4: no, it's not even that. It's just, you know, it's like your phone's just blowing up and, but you, you know, it's like obviously all support and all good things, but it's like, I don't have to be on my phone that much anyway. So it's like, you know, you're still like trying to get back to people, you know, from that. And yeah. And like, yeah, social media just kind of turned, turned every, all the notifications off on my phone. So it was just, it's a lot, but you know, it's part of it, I guess. It's
2: very strange. You've been through huge pressure moments. You've, you know, won NCAA championships, won Calder Cup championships, game seven overtime. Like you've handled pressure before. Outside of all those extra things, I guess, was there anything different about this moment because it was the first time in the NHL? And maybe if you could share, because this this is all goalies listening. Um, any advice on how to handle that? Uh, you talked about routine. Were there elements of your routine that you made sure you went back to so that as much as it, that first one wasn't just another game, you could feel like it was just another game. Is there a way to, to sort of help do that?
4: Yes. and No, You know. It's like, you have to be able to like, like at that level, you know, like you, you're not going to be able to like flip a switch and be like, okay, it's game time. So it's, it's like a process of during like that day, you know, or maybe even like the night before, like leading up to kind of like slowly getting yourself into that, you know, kind of flow state, I guess you could say. Um, but it's not something you can like force. And I think, you know, it's it's when you see with some people that, um, you know, it's easy to get into the flow state where, you know, it's just another game compared to when it's like the big game. I think that's that's the you know the difference not ne- not necessarily between like a, like a goalie being good and a goalie being really good. I think it's just anything in life, you know, it doesn't matter what sport it is. Um, like it's easy when everything's going good, and it's easy when you know there's n- nothing to lose. But it's you know it's different when there's things like like some that you know like you, my first game. It's like I'm 28 years old. I've been playing goalie for 20 years now like you know all of that everything like all the times in the backyard you know and it's freezing cold out and just the things you did where you look back on it almost seems like silly to to do them but it's uh you know all that and it's like you just want like you want it so bad to like go well that it's you know it's a lot of like anxiety and and whatever and to be able to like put that stuff to the side and get into a place where you're not thinking and you're just playing and. And, like, the biggest thing for me is, like, if 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 the only reason for me playing is not just simply to win the game that I'm playing in at that present time, I, will, I, will, I don't play my best hockey. So it's like, you know, don't get me wrong. I love playing hockey. But I think more than anything, like, I'm just competitive. Like, I mean, if I could throw a baseball at 95 miles an hour, I'd rather, rather play baseball. But it's like, you know, it's it's just how I am. Like, it doesn't matter what I, what I do, like just kind of turning it into a competition. Like that's kind of what gets me on.
2: So how do you, I mean, if somebody's listening and they kind of relate to that, like that's how I am, how do you find that flow state heading into a game? Like, do you have any tips or things that you do, whether it's breathing drills or anything, just to help you get into that place where you are just out there playing and not thinking as much as, Like I said, like using your first game as an example probably isn't fair because that's new and that's a different experience. But on a day to day basis, how do you find that flow state?
4: I mean, you don't find it on a day to day basis. That's the thing. It's it's, like, it's not. I mean, you look at any sport, like the best players are the ones that can, like, ever, you know, in all of all time. Actually, there's some exceptions that are just, you know, free, free athletes, but like the guys that can get into that state on the most consistent basis are like, you know, those are the best guys. Those are the guys that you, that when you're a kid, you want to be when you're playing in the driveway. Cause it's like, they played, you know, their best hockey in the, like in the big games. Um, I mean, it's different for everyone. Like goalie is such a, like not one size fits all kind of p- position. So it's, you know, it's not like me, like if I tried to do things like some other guys. I wouldn't, like, I have, you have to do it, you have to be so sold on that doing it your way is the best way, that, you know, there's, like, no doubt in your mind that I don't care if, I, you know, a guy's seven foot tall and he's the most technically sound goalie in the world, that if I play my best Hunter shepherd hockey, that it's going to be better than his. That's just, I mean, that's how you have to think. It's such a mental thing, you know?
2: Okay, so I I, I love that, like, that's what I love about the position. And sort of digging into it like this, it's kind of, uh, I was in media, but not specific to goaltending for the longest time. But when I got introduced to goaltending, the p- the passion for it took off because there is no one way to do this. There's never a right answer, right? Like there is mm-hmm. no, as you said. So what is Hunter Shepard hockey? Describe it for those who are listening that haven't had a chance to watch you. How would you describe Hunter Shepard hockey when you're playing goal?
4: Why and when It's in the... A- just you just, play, just playing to win, that's... And it's not like, you know, I'm just sitting here laughing saying, like, playing to win. Right. Like, you know, it's, like, that. Uh, just intense. Uh, like, it's hard to really, like, put it into words, but it's, like, you want to just win. It, and it doesn't matter if it's, like, game 20 or game 90. You know, it's, like, if that's... Like, if you don't, like, have some, like, emotion and it's, like... You know, I don't know. It's that's just me, though. Like, it doesn't matter what I'm doing. Man. I mean, I don't, I'm not going to sit here and talk X's and O's because that's not me. I'm not going to say. It.
2: I was going to say, like, from a from a technique standpoint, there must be a foundation there, or things that you yeah. staples.
4: Yeah, I mean, I, like I like to play deeper than most guys, probably, and like there's, you know, I don't want to have to rely on making you know acrobatic saves all the time because that's not really sustainable you know, it's tough to way, tough now. way to live, yeah, yeah, especially nowadays um, but like i'll sit like I'd rather sit back on the goal line and say like like I seriously think like just that's the strong part of my game, like I can play further back because you know just reading the shot and in, in my hands, that's like my strength, so like I'd rather sit back on the goal line and make a guy beat me with like a perfect shot than. Be out at the top of my crease and give up a uh, wide open net, you know, back door because I'm being too aggressive. So,
2: so, so like, like, as an outsider to that, it w- that would seem to be a bit of a juxtaposition to the competitive nature, right? Like, mm-hmm. because I think of competitive, I think a lot of people will think like active and attacking. So, to be able to mix that patience and still have that competitive edge, actually, there's another guy I think of when I hear that, and that's Henrik Lundquist he used to talk to us about sort of uh, what was it? It was like a controlled intensity that he tried mm. a state that he tried to find. Is that, is that when you talk about guys you grew up admiring yeah, yeah, on the driveway, yeah. he the guy?
4: Yeah. I mean him and it's weird. Cause like him and Jonathan Clark were my two favorite goalies growing up. That's like, I don't think anyone ever really will be able to play the same style as either one of those guys, you right. know, but like, like, I mean, obviously, like, when you're growing up, it's like you're watching YouTube videos and it's like you can take like maybe one or two things and try to, you know, maybe do it like half as good as them because they're so like the, some of the things they did was like so unique. You know, it could, there's just like another weapon in, in your, you know, toolbox. But that's one thing I found out in college is, you know, in my first year there, I only played one game and, you know, I worked with the goalie coach all year and, and like that was one of that was the first time I really had a goalie coach where I was like, you know, I needed to do things one way. Okay. And and that just doesn't work. It didn't it wasn't working for me. Um. So like at the beginning of the next year, I just totally changed everything that I was doing. Like I'm just played with. Like I was. I've been you know trying to do everything how you're how you're supposed to do it. You know, like I'm out, out, like top of the crease, square, set everything. And I just totally said, I'm not, I can't do that. That's and I was like, me. I'm going to, if I'm going to try to be everyone else, I'm not, that's, I'm, I'm not going to like get the best out of what my abilities are. Um, so like, I just moved way back. Like in practice, there's a lot of times like, I'll just stand on the goal line just because like, if, if I can wait and wait and wait and like wait for the puck to get released, and as long as I'm like reacting to it and moving the right way. And then also you get a much better sense of like where you are in the net, in the net that you're filling. But the main, the main thing is about it is like you give up, you don't give up hardly any empty net. Like you see guys out, you know, which and everyone does it different. I'm not saying it's right or wrong, but for me, like if I'm out at the top of the crease and, you know, as soon as you stop, you're stuck. So it's like, if you stop and you don't have any drift back, and the guy passes it, you see all those, you know, the highlights were to, you know, tic-tac-toe and the guy puts it in an empty net. Like my whole philosophy is if I cannot, if that never happens, then like in the course of a season, the percentages for me, at least, I think are way, way higher than, than trying to, you know, be out at the top of the crease all the time. You're giving yourself a chance. You're literally giving yourself a chance to stop every pot.
2: It's funny because you know those backdoor open nets. You know, quite often, what's what follows it in those highlights is the announcer saying the goalie didn't have a chance. And I always like to rewind it and be like, did he give himself a chance?
4: Yeah, I mean, uh, like obviously, guys make good plays sometimes. Not just part of the game, but like, I'd rather make a guy beat me being far back, but set and square. You know, like, and I think partially too. Like you kind of get sometimes, like depending on your size. Like you get in that depth range where yeah, you're covering a lot of net, but like the spots that are open are like very some of the harder spots to get to on a good shot. It's like that one right over your pad, you know, like inside the post or that one right right by your ear. So it's like I'd rather be able to like move more than have to get those ones, you know, that are and then when you give up a rebound, it's it's weird because like if I'm a foot or two, you know, outside the goal line compared to like toes like just outside the top of the crease. And let's say I'm on my angle kind of towards the, you know, like just to the left of the the right circle. Like if I go down and I turn and back and look at the far post, it's about two and a half or three feet when I'm back compared to like five and a half or six feet when I'm out at the top of the crease. Like that's a huge difference, you know. And then it's like, then you're not rushed. You don't get thinking like ahead of yourself. That for me, at least. Then it's like I can be here, make the save, and track it. And as long as I lift my foot and you know, and, and I'm following it to post right away, all I have to do is get to the post, and it's right there. But totally, totally yeah. makes
2: it totally makes sense, right? Like you, you get out far, and you got you look at that. It looks like you need to catch a cab to get to that post when you're way out there. Sometimes.
4: Yeah, but it's you know it's weird though because there's obviously some guys where you know that's the their skating is such like a strength that it's that's not a huge deal for them. But yeah, I don't know, that's just my take on it. That's what I feel comfortable doing.
2: So I I, I got to say, there's probably different points along the way. I'm guessing uh, University of Minnesota Duluth wasn't the only time where you ran into somebody wanting you to do something different. It's something that kids see a lot. They move teams all the time. New goalie coaches. Let's do this. How do you find that balance between staying true? Well, so here's
4: the thing. So the thing, whole thing at Duluth was the goalie coach is Brand Nicklin. And I love that guy. Like, he is one of my you know favorite goalie coaches I've ever had. So, like, what happened was at the beginning of my sophomore year, Hunter Miska had been there, and we yep. were in the same year. And so he left after one year. And so that, like, opened up a chance for me to, like, start playing. And so the first, like, month, it was, like, we had been, like, kind of rotating goalies this is my sophomore year. I just totally, one day I just said, I'm I'm going to change this. So I just went to the rink and, you know, at first like he didn't like it, obviously, you know, and we, we kind of like bought heads about it for a little while, but I was just, I was just really, you know, and then after like a little bit, you know, he, and it, it, it was, it started like working for me. Then, you know, we kind of like moved forward doing that because it's just like, it was working and my skill set is, you know, different from other guys. And like, I'm not the biggest guy and like that, just like with my strong points, it kind of just made sense. And I just got like hot right after we started doing it. And so it just gave me, I think a lot of it was just a mental thing too. And like, it just gave me so much confidence. And so we just kind of ran with that. And then like, he was, you know, Obviously, it's different than probably some guys that he coached, but he was a, a really instrumental, I think, in me like getting to play that way. Because like, yeah, there's not a lot of goalie coaches would be, you know, be like, yeah, this is working for you, so we're gonna help you get better at what works for you. Like that's not easy, you know, for a lot of guys to maybe do.
2: Well, especially a style that, like you said, like I mean, I'm not invoking Lunquist, right? Like I'll never forget. Mm-hmm. I think it was Cam Talbot. He was his playing partner back in the time, and asked him about playing like that. And he's like, no one will ever play like Henrik again. Like there was a uniqueness to it, right? Oh,
4: right. And oh, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying that's what, like because no, no one no. can like do that. But like the certain the certain things, like the whole the whole approach of you know just playing a little bit deeper. I think is for a guy his size and like his like reaction time and stuff is genius and like reading the shot. But but that's the thing. If you're not reading the shot. It's you can't do it. That's what I was gonna say. He was he was your size too,
2: right? Like he was your size too. And everyone's like, well, how can the guy, the small guy, play deeper? He needs to be further out. And we always sort of hear that stereotype. Where does where does the the reactions, you know? I saw you play baseball. I'm guessing the reaction times and the good hands are probably tied to that a little bit. Um, patience in reading the release, where does that come from? Like, is there is it all instinctual? Did you study a lot of video? How'd you become such a good shot release reader?
4: Uh, I think the well, so I think like the shot like reading the shot, I think I think baseball helped a lot with that. Cause it's a lot of uh like when you're hitting, you know, it's like you know, you gotta pick the ball up out of the pitcher's hand. And so like depending on where his fingers are when the ball gets released, you know, like you can tell what pitch it is right there. And you have to make that decision in like the split second and also decide whether to swing or not. Right. So that, you know, like that's kind of where like it's not the same, obviously, but it's kind of where I think Donald well, was well as the far other,
2: I remember uh in Juco, a coach, a batting coach from Oklahoma State, Gary Ward, uh came and did some stuff with us, and I remember him saying, if you can still see the ball and i I, I wish I could remember I can't remember if it was the final if you're still seeing that ball in the final fifteen feet or something i I don't might not have that number right, because it's been a long time I'm getting old, yeah. but you can hit it at a major league level, so the idea of tracking and being able to in, in, in addition to anticipating based on what you see coming out of the hand, the ability to track it further in, do you think that, yeah. like, do you feel like tracking is a strength as well for you?
4: I mean, Yeah, it's, it's the same, you know, as anything, like, uh, whether it's, like, hitting or taking ground balls, like, taking a ground ball, like, you got to have your hands in a position where, you know, it's, they're not behind you, so you can, you know, see the ball go in your glove. But it's the same thing, like, if you're hitting, whether you swing or not, you know, it's not like I'm sitting here and the pitch goes behind me and I don't move my head. Like, even if I'm not swinging, like I'm watching the pitch go all the way into the catcher's glove. Just like, you know, making a save. It's like you want to watch it go all the way off of you and then track the rebound so you can move right away. Um, so I think just the hand-eye coordination thing was huge because, like, I didn't play hockey in the summer. I mean, I put my stuff away and played baseball, you know, until we got out of high school. So. Well, I and-
2: Okay, so I, just going back, and I don't know if I have this right, but looking through some notes and some old stories, coming out of high school, there weren't offers originally to play. You ended up in NCAA, but those offers weren't there. You were talking, and I know you, you ended up going to the NAHL. Was baseball an option too? Would you have gone and just played hockey and baseball somewhere at some point? Was that something you you thought yeah. about?
4: Yeah, I mean, that's the thing, though. Is it's, it's tough because like if you really want to make it, or, like a career out of it, like percentage-wise. Hockey's probably, and you know, you're living in Minnesota, like hockey's probably the, the safer bet. Um, like I love baseball, you know. No one in my family ever played hockey, so it's uh, my dad was like a high school baseball coach for probably like five or ten years before I was even born, you know. And uh, him and my uncle kind of like coached all my teams until I got to high school. And you know, a lot of times, like we had a lot better baseball teams growing up than we did hockey teams. So I think that's where the whole like just the competitiveness thing, you know, just whatever I'm doing, like playing just to win is you kind know, of how I got that way. Just, I was always, I always had to be playing something and it all, like it always had to be like a competition or else I was just, you know, that wouldn't be a part of it really.
2: Okay. So the competitiveness that I'm trying to draw lines between baseball and hockey, tell me if I'm wrong, but like the one thing about baseball is you can be super competitive, but it's in moments. Right, like it's not. It's not like say playing a s- basketball where it's constant and there's constant action. There's yeah. an there's an anticipation and a read element to it, and a patience required to it. Like everything sort of comes together, and then bang, you got to go. Mm-hmm. Ties there to being a goalie, like you're. You know, we're we're always on the ice, but we're not always in the action. And then when yeah. it comes to us, we have to be bang sharp. Do you do you see some similarities there that maybe, or am I stretching it here?
4: Yeah. No. No. For sure. I mean, like. uh I played shortstop a lot and uh there was one year in high school when I was younger I think only a sophomore I played a lot of first base um and then just between that and hitting it's like you know if you don't get a good jump on the ball you know whether it's a a grounder like you have to make a decision right now whether you need to stay back on it or you need to come in on it or you know it's kind of similar I guess um like it's a lot of like You have to – it's not anticipation because you're not making your move before it happens necessarily. Right. But it's – like you can't like be waiting until after it happens at the same time. Like you have to be making the decision while it's happening, which is very hard because if you do it too early or too late and playing goalie, it's the pucks in the net probably.
2: Yeah, like like you're probably reacting not when a ball's off a bat as a shortstop, but even as that swing's starting, you're probably starting mm-hmm. to have an idea where that's coming based on. Yeah, yeah. I love it. I love it. Okay, so sorry, I didn't mean to geek out too much on baseball, but that mm-hmm. that's my that was my passion before goaltending. Yeah. So <laughs> uh, and and I'm I'm headed to Seattle, so I'm I'm quite excited for the Winter Classic this year cuz oh, yeah. I re- uh, grew up a grew up a, uh, a Mariners yeah, fan. Been, yeah, big, big big Griffy guy. So was the second game easier to sort of bring it back to this year? I oh, want to talk a little bit.
4: Yeah, yeah. Night and day. Night and day. Was, I mean, obviously obviously like New Jersey's got some guys, you know, when they get the puck, in oh, yeah. around that's it's something else. But uh yeah, I mean it's uh the second game it was just oh well, much more just like a normal game, you know, because it wasn't all the it wasn't it all was the just, extra stuff. Yeah, just a normal routine. Which, you know, it's not, I was going to go like that. You know, it doesn't matter if you're in the NHL, if you're in the East Coast like, like it's just trying to like, stay even keeled. So it's like, and you don't want to get all super, super happy and, you know, excited and whatever when you, when you win. And you don't want to get, you know, too down when you lose. So it's like, yeah, I mean, we won the game, but I don't think I played as good as I could over the, the first game. So it's, Winning the game is always number one, right? You know, but at the same time, um, there's always going to be games, especially when you get to the end of the year, where you might have to, you might have to, you might have to get a shutout. You know, like we had a couple of games last year like that, where, you know, you might there might be a game where you have to win and let you can't give up a goal So if you're gonna you know go all year and say, oh, I didn't have a chance on this one, I didn't have a chance on this one, well, you know. There's going to be a game where you need to put yourself in the position where you have a you know a chance to get that one because we're going to need that. One. That might be the difference in you know going home in the end of April or you know playing until middle of June.
2: Played till the middle of June last year. What was that experience like? From uh, like, do you take confidence out of a year where you you finish as as Calder Cup champion, Calder Cup MVP? Does it build throughout a playoff season? Did it exist throughout? Like, do you get extra? from a season like that to bring into this year, or are you just tired after a grind like that in terms of the off season and managing preparation for this year?
4: Uh, I mean, I think it gives you confidence. Um, I think for me, it was more kind of gave me like the, like I just proved to myself and to everyone else that I can do it. I can win at this level. You know and like as a team like we could win at this all like we you know but those games don't help us this year like none of the saves i made last year help help me now so you have to like get over that and because you I mean i think you see it in nhl all the time where you know like a, a guy wins the vez a trophy and then the next year it's like what happened so it's 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 very hard because you know it's like nowadays you know they have Like you know, in baseball, they have like the heat maps of the guys' strikes to what pitches they hit well and which ones they don't. Well, they got that on a goalie for about every inch of the night now, and those guys watch it before every game. So, like the better the shooters are, you know, the more skilled they are. It's like you got to be pretty well rounded and like on your game, or else it doesn't go well. You know, like you have one night where you're just not seeing it well. You know, you're not reading the plays well. Like if about five six goals like like even look at that new jersey game like if they you know everything was going good and it's like well they got, they got four goals and it's like on top of the guys being that good and maybe you don't have your a-plus stuff you know that's i think that's something too like even in the in the you know in college and in playoffs last year like i think that's a difference what separates some you know some goalies from like maybe making a jump from Juniors to college or college to pros is uh like when you don't like every yeah, everything's great when you have your A plus stuff going. Everybody knows that. You're not thinking everything feels easy. Like it's when you have your B game or your C game. Like, can you figure out a way to like fight a couple of pucks off or make one extra save and still figure out a way to like give your team a chance to win the game? that's that's honestly the difference because it's like a pitcher in baseball it's like any like a quarterback in football but you know like you're the person you're the constant variable and it's like if you you can't just be like oh i don't have my plus stuff tonight well i guess you know it's going to be a tough night right you know that's just like you can't really give in when you don't have your and that's just a mental thing i think and that's well, i mean the position is mental so it's
2: well, and that's what's changed in the National Hockey League to a certain degree. I mean, I remember guys used to talk about getting away with a B game, and man, like like you said, like teams are so freaking good right now. Like it's tough if you don't. So you have to find a way to battle through. Um, it gets,
4: I man. It just it's harder in general every time you move up a step. Well,
2: and the, and the league, the it, the league, the game's probably never been harder for goalies. I've had a few guys say that. Just when you talked about Jersey, yeah. like man, just a wagon full of skill and speed yeah. and lateral plays. And, Hey, you just, you mentioned proved it from the Calder cup championship. If I feel like when I look at the Wikipedia page or whatever, and I look at the sort of hockey DB feels like you've had to prove it at every level, like, you know, college, there weren't offers coming out of high school. Um, You win championships there, Uh, sign pro after that, um, you know, work your way up from there. Is that like, is that fair? Do you feel like you've had to prove it at every level?
4: Yeah. I mean, that's, it's just how it is nowadays when you're not, you know, when you're not six, three, six, four, 6'4", in a first or second round draft pick. That's just that's just part of it. So, like, I'm not, you know, if you're going to sit around and pout about it, that's not going to help you at all. It's like either, you know, do it the way that the path that's available for you or you can – I can go back home and, you know, pump gas and whatever, which there's nothing wrong with that, but that's, that's not what I'm going to be doing. So –
2: was there a point where you like? Well, at what point in this path did did pro hockey like this is what I'm doing? Where were, were you confident that this was this was the career?
4: I mean, I don't think there was uh, there was ever really a point where I felt like um you know think like I made it Like um, I think that's like goalie is out of any job would, except maybe being a quarterback in the NFL. It's probably the lowest job security job that there is. Maybe in the world and of anything. I mean, I don't, I don't, don't quote me on that, but that's, you know, it's, there's a, in the NHL, or let's say just in the American League of the NHL, there's like, what, 120 ish spots, maybe a little more between the two, like, yeah. Yeah. And like most of the guys that are in the goalies that are in the NHL aren't even from the, the US. So it's like you take the percentages of just being in the NHL and then it's like, the whole world, you know, like uh bit of a pipe dream, if you really think about it, so you just gotta take it day by day, it's you know some days are not so fun like it's not all like it's not all good, right,
2: like it's people, not all yeah, sunshine and rainbows every day, like it's you not know, it's, people it's
4: right like, like i I can remember like a few times saying, you know, when I was younger, especially it's like you see stuff about guys you know like complaining about stuff and whatever it is and it's like oh you know like i can't believe these guys are like complaining you know they're making this much money and into a certain point you know like that's true but like most people don't you know don't really realize what what it is to to do it because it's like you know you go to your job every day and it's like you don't know you can get hurt you know somebody take your job and all that stuff can happen in literally a day Like, it's not even like it's like most people, you know, it's like you go to work, as long as you show up and do what you're supposed to do, like they can't really fire you. Like, it's like, it's true. That's fair. I can come and do as good as I can do. And like, that's going to help my chances. But at the same time, that still isn't zero guarantee that I'm going to get, lose my job.
2: Right. You have to prove it every, I asked about proving it every year. You have to prove it every day almost in in this role.
4: Yeah. But, uh, Yeah, I mean, I like it that way. And that's something that motivates me. And I think right or wrong, like, one of the biggest things that motivates me is, like, when someone says you can't do something and I just want to stick it to them and say, I told you so. Like, I know that, like, some people might not like that, but that's too bad. I personally, I don't care. And, like, what it's, like, okay for, you know, people to say things about you like that. And then when you do what, you know, they said you couldn't do, then you can't, can't tell them about it. I'm not gonna sit there and brag. I'm I'm probably never gonna even say it. I told you so to someone. But like just that I can say it to myself is that that feels you know really good. Like, was playing in the NHL one of those
2: things? There are probably people along oh, the way that said yeah, that wasn't happening. Yeah.
4: But that's uh you know, that's been at and at every every level, you know, even from juniors to college or I mean I started out my first year here. I wasn't even on an NHL deal. So it's like you play yourself into it. It's for me. It's been pretty satisfying. So
2: I love it. Hey, I got one more. I'm sorry to do one more. It's sort of no, what I'm no. famous for on this, but I got to ask about the influences there in Washington. Uh, Scott Murray's a guy that uh, I've had the pleasure of being on the ice with and gotten to know over the years. Uh, Yuha we had on the podcast last year. We, we, I love that we're finally seeing some. You know, you talk about the international influence on the position playing it. We're finally starting to see some coaches get that opportunity from overseas. What have those two guys met and how have, you know, how have they blended with, you know, Hunter Shepard hockey? How have, how has that process been in terms of how you like to play the game and how they might have expectations on the game being played? I'm guessing Juha likes the act of hands.
4: Yeah. Um, I mean, both, you know, good relationships. Both of them they are both great guys. And I would say like, I don't know. for me. For me, at least, like, a lot of the thing with the goalie coach is, like, just having, like, a good relationship. I mean, it's not to the point where they're, like, a sports psychologist, but, like, they know. They played the position. You know, it's, like, you need to have someone where you can talk to and, like, just say how you're feeling. It may not even have to be about hockey. But, like, you can have someone where you can, like, trust them and just be transparent with them 100%. You know that there's not going to be any like repercussions or anything like that it's pretty nice you can just but that's the thing with any goalie coach like realistically i've, I've had five goalie coaches in my life okay and not turning my dad which that was like the you know the rink in the backyard um but um lane setteby in bismarck that was N A H L. honestly i probably wouldn't have made it to college without him yeah like and it, was it was it just more was, the
2: mental stuff or were there some, were yeah, there it, some well, also kind
4: of just, yeah, I mean, it was a few like technical things, but it was more just like, you know, just read and react and like trust your game. And we, I, I worked with him more than I worked with anyone. It was every single day I would be, you know, cause he was the head coach there and he was a goal, goal. Of, Really? Yeah. So it, it was did like, I
2: read that you, you turned down USHL opportunity cause they didn't have a yeah, goal coach. Okay. Yeah, so that was yeah, important to you. It was. And he was important to you, obviously.
4: Yeah. yeah. Well, I mean, my first year there in Bismarck, I was just terrible. Like, the first half of the year, I couldn't stop anything. And it was, like, every day I would text him, like, the night before and say, hey, like, can we do goal ice early tomorrow? And, like, he would make me do these skating drills where it was, like, start in the corner and you would, like, see cut up to the blue line and then you would shuffle all the way across and then go up to the other blue line and shuffle all the way across and then back down into the corner. And it was like sh- shuffles, T pushes, uh, butterfly slides. And then like one other one where you were kind of like spinning. And it was like, he wouldn't come on the ice, step on the ice until I was done. You know? And then it was like my second year there, He like I need to play like games, like practices. You know, you have to practice, obviously, like you need to work on your stuff. Yeah, but like, there's no, there's nothing in the world that I can substitute for uh, games. You know, it's like he let me between preseason, playoffs, and regular season, he let me play like 65 games that year. You know, and like in my development, that was gigantic. It was huge. Um, and then, like when I went to Duluth, like you know Scott Sandlin, he's like a guy he likes to go with one guy for the most part, and. Like, when my sophomore year, kind like, you know, of once I took over, he let me play 115 games in a row. You know? And then it's like, when I was growing up, like, squirts, peewees, bantams the high school. Like, you, in Minnesota, you play each level for two years. So, it's like two years squirts, two years peewees, two years bantams. And then you have about three years of high school, usually. And, like, there was no goalies in the grade above me. And so, like, and there was only a, one or two other goalies in my grade. And so, like, every year when I'd be my first year at a certain level, I would be, I would, me, I would make the like the squad A team or the PBA team or the A team, and I'd be the only goalie. And so, I went five or six years in a row growing up where I'm playing like 50 games in a winter, and it's like nowadays there's three or four teams in every organization. Every single team has two goalies, and it's like. Well, you wonder why, you know, it's like I'm getting twice the games as every other kid, you know, so I think that's part of the thing nowadays where I don't think, you know, it kind of goes wrong when you're younger. It's like, well, you know, the players, they're all playing 40 games, but, you know, your kids are only playing 20 games. There's, You know, it's, that's youth hockey. They're splitting right down the middle. Yeah, I mean, I don't know if I could have done it growing up if it was just two boys. I would have just, you know, it's like, I'm not, especially if you know, like when you're better, you know, you know, like when you're younger, especially it's like
3: that competitive nature. Yeah. Oh, yeah I just,
4: it was just, then I'm sitting and watching this, you know, it's, that's, I couldn't do that. But that's anything like gotta be the thing that's most, you know, cause I just can't really sit still. So it's like, I gotta be the thing that's in the game all the time. So it's like when I'm baseball, I want to play pitcher to catcher and I knockout to play goalie. Like. I was going to play foot flag football or something like that. I had to play the quarterback, like, but that's not everyone's like that, you know. It's. I
2: love it, hey Hunter. I'm way over time here, um, yeah. but I, I can't thank you enough for yours. Oh, yeah. uh, okay. Really, really enjoyed this conversation. Uh, lots of great takeaways. Uh, lots of great stories, and I know our audience is going to love it. So thank you so much for the time.
4: Yeah. Um. If you If you can give a uh, give the the Guy in Bismarck and uh, certainly inside of and uh, Brant next on a show, that'd be honestly huge for them too. So,
2: well, you just did, but we'll make sure we link to yeah. them as well. All
4: right, all awesome. right, man. All right, thanks, man. Appreciate it.
0: There's a player that uh, he, he's in Hershey, he's been up in the National Hockey League. And then he had the one day where he was recalled because uh, they had some flu, some sickness going through the team. That was in, in Vegas. Vegas And flu. Darcy, yeah, <laughs> you're right about that. Uh, uh, the guys uh, had, uh, were a little bit banged up and Hunter had to fly across the country to get here. He actually missed warm-up. Darcy Kemper was the only goalie in warm-up that day as Hunter landed and was shuttled over and then backed up. He, he backed out without ever going on the ice for pregame warm up.
2: Darren was Darren was calling the airline. He's like, hey, could you just like not put the uh like not give them a gate for half an hour? Cause I'm pretty close here to getting called out of the booth down to the e bug spot for for Vegas. Cause just just don't let Hunter off the plane or hide his skates
1: or something. Well yeah you got a buddy and baggage who can maybe uh lose the bag.
0: I do have buddies and baggage over there. Do you? Well yeah, then well, ask for I some text- help. I'm 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 not kidding. I'll get texts every now and then from players who are recalled, uh, uh, of their sticks. So I'll get a text from the guys doing baggage and here's so-and-so sticks that have come through, oh, that's or I get a text of a, of a hockey bag that is coming through. Like, I don't think that's right. Uh, I, I know it's not HIPAA, like it, you're not giving away health, um, uh, information, but are, are you supposed to be sending me texts of people's luggage or their sticks? <laughs> uh, maybe before the transaction is cleared. You, that, what, that's what, funny that you bring that up
1: that's how these you, insiders do it this yes. is a lo-
2: this is the, he's playing the long game hutch he's waiting for when we finally get our asses down to vegas to see him his buddies are going to call him. their luggage is here they've landed darren's like okay i'm out i'm going lose it <laughs> next <laughs> lose flight it. lose their luggage buy me half an hour to get out of town
0: i've given up on you guys ever coming to vegas i thought for sure you guys would end up here early
2: draft 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 this summer let's let's make it happen spear I'm a little scared of that thing. It's intimidating looking. Why? Because it's round?
4: Yes.
0: It's big. I don't know. Vegas scares me. My wife went to U2 the other day, and it was mind-blowing. But you end up watching everything else as much as you'd watch the band. Mm. It's it's kind of strange. Well, the band's old now, anyways. I just want to listen to the music. Sit there, close your eyes. You go to a concert and close your eyes. I will say that same thing about Def Leppard. I love them. Uh, but if you just close your eyes and listen to music, it was amazing. A couple of summers ago, if you watch the big screen or we had good seats, you're watching up and you're like, Hmm, that's, uh, that's just not what I remember from my youth. Uh,
2: yeah. 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 And, and I had, that with ZZ top. And this was a long time ago. And we sat a little too close and you're like, those beards are glued on. Like I would just, I just close my eyes and listen to the tunes. <laughs>
1: that's exactly what I did. That's uh
0: that's ZZ top, Woody. ZZ top, that's right. Uh, you guys uh, enjoy a couple of days of, of downtime over the holidays. Uh, really appreciate all the effort and the sacrifices that uh, you make, uh, your families make uh, to help us in the goalie community at a big stick to you. And uh, can't wait to see where we go in 2024 uh, post-Christmas.
2: Exciting time, boys. Have a great Christmas to all our audience. Have a great Christmas and a happy new year. And uh, we'll try and get one out
0: before 2024, but it might be close it'll be close
1: thanks boys merry christmas
0: everybody and uh cam keep on keeping on iconic talk to you next week